Crisis podcast or the Quick Ed podcast. We're publishing this on July 30th as it is World Day Against Trafficking Persons. Here at Quick, we are passionate about bringing more attention to human trafficking within the Guelph Wellington area. Every month, we're going to bring you episodes discussing something that's going on in the world and how it may be affecting human trafficking. Today's episode will be a discussion on the relationship between human trafficking and immigrant services. Within this chat, Emma Callan, the past anti-human trafficking counselor, interviews Diami Ramirez, the program manager of Immigrant Services Guelph Wellington. Topics covered are race, immigration, and how this all intersects within human trafficking services. According to StatCan data collected between 2006 and 2016, about 32% of reported human trafficking involves an element of immigration. These individuals with intersecting identities face barriers such as service language, stigma, and uncertainty around status. Understanding the unique needs of human trafficking survivors with immigration service needs is something Diami Ramirez is passionate about herself. And with that, I will let her and Emma take it away. Immigrant Service Guelph Wellington programs can be offered thanks to the contribution of funders from different levels of government, the main one being Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship Canada, which allows addressing the needs of permanent residents and protected persons. The Government of Ontario, United Way, and the City of Guelph also make contributions that allow other immigration categories access support in our community. My name is Dayami Ramirez, and I'm the Program Manager at Immigrant Services in Guelph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to be oh, part of this. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, um, yeah, we, like, we've like worked together to support uh, clients that have access services through the Anti-Human Trafficking Program at Guelph Wellington Women in Crisis. And I'm just wondering um, what your experiences, experience is with... Um, either labor trafficking or sex trafficking and the um, immigration system? Like, what are some of the patterns or um, what are some of the things that you see in in the ways that you support people who have experienced trafficking? Well, during the last few years, um, we have been more involved with the anti-human trafficking uh, initiative in Guelph. Basically, as members of the uh, Action Committee Against Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault uh, through Women in Crisis, um, we have had quite a lot of exposure to uh, trainings and educational um, workshops and you know resources for staff to be prepared for when we have we may come across cases um, of human trafficking or labor trafficking. So um, we haven't had um, disclosure from clients directly in the last few years a lot. So pretty much we are a point of referral for um, individuals who are um, experiencing the the trafficking. So we have been able to support um, the different uh, service providers in Guelph uh, by making sure that the immigration um, questions are answered in a way that are going to be meaningful for the individuals. I have been personally part of a few cases and I've been working closely with Women in Crisis and the Sexual Assault Center at the hospital. Um, most of the cases um, are for individuals who, who may be vulnerable because they do not know their rights, uh, because they are not sure about where they stand in the immigration process and what would be the implications if um, they decide to um, come come out and talk about it and maybe um, proceed against the perpetrators. So oftentimes, for example, if you are a permanent resident to Canada and you have been sponsored and then you are a victim because uh, either your spouse or the family member who has uh, supported you to come 
um, is one of the persons involved in this um, situation. Uh, oftentimes you come with a passport that would be your proof of ID and down the road you are going to get a permanent resident card which is a temporary document that will expire in five years. So if um, you are um, dispossessed of your passport you may feel that um, you have chances to be deported So and that is not the situation. So having that uh, conversation oftentimes with the clients when they first come for services at our agency is the one opportunity we have to talk about these situations right so we uh, talk to our newcomer clients about the importance of having ownership of your documents um, what it is um, to, what it means to have your passport with you if your passport is taken away from you what to do in a situation where your permanent resident card is lost or somebody takes the permanent resident card for you and what are your rights if you need to replace these documents. So uh, you can be surprised sometimes when, for example, it could be as simple as coming for a language assessment. So if you, we have had especially women who come to do a language assessment and through the assessment they start to talk about some situations that may be a flag for the assessor, so we have a system where the settlement counselor will be brought up into the conversation so that we can provide information about the rights um, that the, the newcomers have. So if sometimes we talk about um, uh, the passport is, 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 a, is a personal ID that you have to have with you. Uh, if you don't have the permanent resident card, it doesn't mean that you're going to lose your rights. You are still a permanent resident of Canada and we can always help you to replace those documents. So pretty much what we do is to try to navigate the system. And um, yeah, when it is a permanent resident, it's an easy one because we know their rights, but they don't know their rights. So just giving that educational piece in the initial session make, make a difference for so many. But there are some other situations when if you are coming to Canada um, and you seek refugee protection, for example, those cases are even more vulnerable because they don't have a permanent status yet. So they can be falling through the cracks of the system like because they need to go to a hearing and they need to wait for a decision from the IRB. And then um, they may think that if they don't do what they are forced to do, they are not going to have a chance to get the protection of the government. And because they don't have a permanent status, uh, it could be more complicated. Mm-hmm. So um, at this, I think it is in any stages of the process, even if you are, um, if you have the right to become a Canadian citizen, but you don't know what you are, for how long you have to be in Canada before you can apply for a Canadian citizenship, or if you have been a victim and you don't have any of your IDs with you, you may think you are unable to apply for Canadian citizenship. So having that conversation and supported, supporting the other service providers um, with the proper information will make a difference down the road. So I think our, our uh, role at Immigrant Services here in Guelph is to work closer with the organizations so that the staff working frontline know that they we are a point of contact if they have any questions related to immigration so we are always happy to assist in any ways and if we are the first point of disclosure then we also know who to reach out to so i think we are very lucky to 
be in a city that really cares about these issues, that we have a system in place, that we have an amazing committee that is um, le the leadership of the committee with women in crisis is, has really made a difference. And we know each other, we know who to reach out. Um, and that is that is amazing because I don't, I, I'm not aware that every city may have a system like ours. And, um, you know, just having a face to a name will make a difference. And as uh, Sly usually called it, is the warm transfer what makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And we love that. So we want to be part of the, the process. We want to be one of the enabling uh, pieces in the puzzle that will make the warm transfer a reality. So we always encourage um, service providers to contact us. And uh, for clients, what we try to do is to make sure that our staff frontline are trained, that they know the resources, that they know who to reach out if they need any support, because we don't have all the answers. And some cases can be very complicated, again, because the system is set up in a, in a way that it takes a lot of efforts from all parties, parties to, to navigate the system. So I think we are in the right track. I think uh, Gulf is pretty unique. It's pretty unique. Mm -hmm. And uh, every, I, I feel that we all care and we want to do more and more. So I hope this is um, an initiative that will continue to grow. Yeah. And uh, that the, the, hopefully we, we wouldn't need to have this in place, right? So mm -hmm. ideally, there shouldn't be a need for this, but that's not the reality. But, and what we have to do is to be ready to, to provide the best services that we can. And at Immigrant Services, we are really happy to be part of the process. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. Um, in your experience, are there certain ways that somebody who might have the intention of trafficking somebody um, can exploit a precarious immigration status? So if somebody has um, is either refugee status, maybe they are not in Canada legally, maybe they have a temporary work permit, maybe they, um, I don't know if I said permanent resident, but uh, if you are in Canada under those circumstances, are there certain ways that um, somebody can exploit that? Yeah, and we see that a lot. We see that um, not only for trafficking, but for domestic violence. So the perpetrators will use uh, that this is, you, you don't have a status in Canada. They can switch the information, they can be misleading. Even if you have a status, they can tell you, no, you don't have a status in Canada because I have your passport. So if you don't know that you will never lose your rights just because you don't have your passport, you're gonna be a victim. And unless you come across someone who can tell you, no, you, you keep your rights. And even if you don't have a passport, you can move on. So for sure, people manipulate the information a lot. And unfortunately for those uh, who, who don't have the, the knowledge of where they, they stand in the process, it could be really yeah, tricky because mm -hmm. if you don't know what you're entitled to, if you don't know your rights, uh, how can you fight back? So... And that's why the education that you provide is so important. It is really important, and we um, I, we have embedded that in the in the initial sessions with the new with the new clients. So we have a needs assessment checklist, and uh, we talk about the twenty four seven crisis uh, phone number. We talk about emergency services, even if they are brand new and they there's no indication that the 
clients may need that information at the initial session. We have learned from experience that probably that is the only opportunity we're going to have to sit with that person and let them know there is help. There are services in Guelph that you can access. It is a very soft conversation, but we try to make sure that they know that they can come back to us if they need more information. And usually, uh, even if it is a couple, we, we tell them at the beginning so that you understand uh, in Canada, privacy works. So we try to explain with simple words what that means because the countries where we come from, that's not always the case, right? So we don't understand that confidentiality term or we, we don't trust the systems, we don't trust the government. And then when we come to Canada, we need an education about confidentiality means this. So we try to put it in simple words and we say you are today you are coming together. So all the information that we share with you um, it is okay to share it in front of this person who is here with you. But if tomorrow you want to come back and you want to have a conversation just with me, even if your husband comes and asks me, was such and such here today? We, by law, we cannot tell him. We have to protect you. We, it, that's what confidentiality means. Anything that you tell me is going to stay with us only special circumstances for sure, but we don't have to disclose to a family member or a friend if you were here and what what was the need that you have to access the services. So it is important that you know that Canada is a different country and this is how the system works. Because that may be the only opportunity you have to tell this person, if you need help, come back and this is going to work, right? So that's why we have embedded that in the initial sessions with the clients and it ha in our view, it has made a difference for some. That's so wonderful. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> I think that's so important. Um, just maybe on the, the few cases mm -hmm. that you are familiar with, has anything stood out as being um, unique or common? Like, um, either in terms of, like, vulnerabilities or, I, you know, I, I don't know. What are your, like, personal reflections on maybe um, trafficking and in, in what it might look like in Guelph and what it might look like in um, communities of newcomers to Canada, if you have any thoughts on Yeah. From, from my point of view, I think, um, again, I have, to, I have to celebrate the, the system we have in Guelph. I think um, things move quickly. We we connect quickly, we check in, and we try to get the information at the right time so that we can help the individuals. I, I find that from the cases that we have been working together, that there is some, um, I think for newcomers especially, um, there, there may be a clash in the, in the family values of newcomers, especially for the youth. What I can see is that, um, because youth, again, are, are vulnerable. Um, when you are at home, you may be trying to assimilate and follow the family values that come from a different cultural background. So when you are exposed to the daily life out there in the schools or in, you know, the day, everywhere in, the, in, in your daily life, you are going to try to integrate in the Canadian system. So there may be a clash in values and oftentimes um, 
newcomers are afraid uh, because they don't have the, the, the power is in the knowledge you have about the system and how things work and how to ask for help. So I can, for example, I can tell you that some cases um, there may be um, a lot of conflicts and family dynamics that may be positioning the, the youth or the individuals into a more uh, vulnerable position. Um, and is again not being able to have an open conversation about what's going on because uh, the stigma or because um, it will have a repercussion with my, my parents in, in a way that is going to be worse than what I'm going through. Right, so you don't want to hurt uh, the family members. You don't you, you don't want to be um, the one that is going to be pointed out. Um, so oftentimes um, things happen because you you are you are you you are not empowered. You don't know what to do. You don't know who to go to, and you are trying to be part of the new your new home in Canada and at the same time you're you know you cannot go back to your to your home country because of many different situations so you don't want to be um, the shame of your family you don't want to um, to add to the the trauma that the family has gone through in some cases already right um, or that you have gone as an individual if you have come from a, a war country or from a refugee um, who has been for so many years in a refugee camp and then um, you already come with your own biases, your own trauma. So when you are here, you are already prepped to be vulnerable and you can be falling victim of those who have already more knowledge and who are... Um, who are going to make sure that you are going to be um, doing what they want you to do if you don't have the right information or if you don't know who to go for help. And it is sad, especially for the youth, because I see some of the cases is that family, if the family was aware on how to support, how to have those conversations, how the system works, so many things could be done differently. Uh, so I think the the most the role that we all have is pretty much being in the proactive side of the of the spectrum so we have to make sure that the information is out there we have to make sure that we provide sessions in different languages like we need to provide interpretation services so that not only the parents the youth everyone has access to this information and that they can they can understand how the system works and what supports are out there in the community. And I think that is for newcomers to Canada, this is a key point. So we need interpretation services so that we can make a difference because if we have all the information in English and we have just these conversations in English and we don't bring the parties that can support that extra help in the, in the other languages, I don't think we're gonna be as effective. So um, again, information sessions is, is crucial and part of our settlement workers um, program in schools, we try to make sure that we touch on these topics with the youth, with the newcomer youth. And oftentimes we provide interpretation so that we can bring that extra. The schools are doing a lot, the community is doing a lot, but we bring that uh, different lens by providing interpretation services so that we can ensure that the kids know what 
we want them to learn. So yeah, I think we're on the right path, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And um, I think starting from um, improving the immigration system, improving, um, um, I would say that the application process for so many different uh, streams of immigration can be improved a lot so that people are not so vulnerable. Um, having a refugee claim go through years and years before having a permanent resident status or having so many challenges for individuals with children who are born in Canada but the parents do not have a permanent status is again an opportunity for for these things to happen right so I think we all can do our part Uh, I'm pretty happy to be part of an organization that works every day to make a difference so um, uh, it is a privilege to be able to do that and uh, yeah, if I can be of more help. <laughs> I feel similarly. I feel like this work <laughs> is a privilege. Um, I just you, you mentioned um, it'd be great for parents to be able to have certain conversations with their kids. Um, the FCJ Refugee, Re- Refugee Center recommended this podcast be available in different language languages, That's which I think is very That's cool. That's excellent. Yeah. But I was wondering, like, what might some of those conversations be? Um, be that parents could be having with their kids would it be what the information you're providing to parents is just about how the immigration system works and and your rights as a person living in Canada like what would be some of those conversations I think we're missing in um I attended one of the presentations uh you did Mm -hmm. and I learned so much myself and I remember in the room there were um doctors immigration doctors there were uh social uh, workers at high schools there were at least at the table that i was sitting in there were people from many different organizations and we all were surprised to learn about the things you presented for example the terms and the 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 situations that if as a parent i go through the text messages and i see that maybe i'm not it's not gonna click in with me like I, i will not have a clue that this is what this is about so parents need to learn the situation with the parents and it could not only for newcomer parents but in general so we need to have more inf- exposure to this it's not for just the people in in our social services and you know for us is this this is everyday information and we breathe this but for parents in general and the community there has to be more information about what is happening, and I would suggest to, to make it locally. If you talk in general about what's happening in Canada and this and that, so sometimes you feel that that's so distant from my reality that you don't think this is going to happen to to your neighborhood, to your to your family, to, the, to your kid's school. So I think sharing what is happening locally is crucial for parents to understand that this is something that can happen to any of us and um, having more information sessions like like the ones that that you presented would make it a big difference because even for us who work in in the social services you see you know this is happening and you but at the same time if you don't have those conversations at home our kids are going to grow with really a lot of resources because we talk about this. We take precautions. We have our, you know, we, we dis- don't tell them everything, but we say things can happen. 
but for for many newcomers this is some they have so many things that are priorities that they don't think about this they are thinking about how am i going to get a job how can i learn english uh, so that i can find a meaningful job how can i have my credentials assessed so that i can you know have the satisfaction to provide for my family and at the same time how can i juggle with my kids education how can i be how can i understand the system should i do more at the schools or is it okay to ask these questions to the teachers so there are so many things that you are worried about that you are pretty much not going to make learning about what is happening and the the vulnerability of our children and ourselves you're not going to probably this is not going to be one of the things that you want to learn about on the first stages of your settlement in Canada so but i think that it is our duty to make sure that those sessions are embedded in our programs and those who need the sessions are going to have access to that information and that the information is available in different languages and that um there is a prom- the, the outreach the promotion that needs to take place is is there that we something like this this initiative that you're doing the podcast should be in all the websites for all the services in Guelph right so yeah i think we have to do a lot mm-hmm. um but for sure more on the proactive we yeah. have to work more before things happen and um yeah there there is where we have to pretty much center our efforts mm-hmm. you're absolutely right i mean um a parent who is looking for a job who's maybe um spending time learning english or dealing with this immigration system that we have they might not have time to look through their kids text messages and you know um try you know look at urban dictionary but what does this really mean exactly. who is my kid talking to what is snapchat and you trust not... the system Emma. Yeah. you trust the system you you think this is not going to happen in canada right mm-hmm. you no the school this is everything is good you know, the, the, the system is is set up so that our kids are successful and that they are safe and protected and how often do we come across information about you know bullying and the the critical cases that are taking place in our region because the kids they they don't know who to go to or they don't know what to say or they don't know how to answer when they are coming across situations that of danger so yeah mm-hmm. that's true mm-hmm. thank you you're very so welcome cool. um so if there is one thing that you wanted people to know um either families that are new to canada families that are new to guelph um or individuals if you wanted them to know one thing about um trafficking or about immigrant services um what would you say like what is a take home piece of information there is help um never stop looking for information feel confident to ask all the questions all questions are good questions and if you have the right to ask for help in your language so you are always welcome to come to us and rest assured that we're going to if we cannot help we're going to find a way to make a referral for someone who can help you So uh I would say always 
Never give up. Keep your hopes uh, that tomorrow is going to be a better day. There's always a tomorrow. And then if you need help, just ask. Awesome. Yeah. That's so lovely. <laughs> and um, is there anything you wanted to promote or plug? Like, does Immigrant Services have social media or a website? Do you have any upcoming events? Anything like that? Yes, uh, we do have a Facebook uh, page where most of our events are uh, posted. We also have a website where we have a calendar, a monthly calendar with all the events and the workshops. Um, I would say always check the website or just give us a call. Uh, And if you don't speak English, just say your name and your language and we're going to make sure that we can get back to you if, um, if you need any information. Uh, coming up, we have the income tax uh, season, so we're going to be helping uh, newcomer families and low-income families to file taxes for free. It is a busy time of the year for us, so you are going to be able to access help in your language because uh, we have over 23 volunteers now who speak many different languages, so just um, reach out, and at least this is an important Um, stage, especially for families with children, to ensure that you continue to receive the benefits and yeah. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I appreciate your time. This podcast was recorded in February and March of 2020. Then, as we sure you all know, the pandemic hit changing everyone's day-to-day lives. Therefore, some information has changed on how to keep up with both WIC and Immigrant Services. If you're interested in updates on the services of Immigrant Services Guelph Wellington, you can find them on their website, www.is-gw.ca, in their service tab. And feel free to follow Guelph Wellington Women in Crisis on Instagram at GWIC or GWIC and the same Twitter handle or at facebook.com slash GW Women in Crisis. Thanks so much and see you next time.